Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Featuring Blake, Boomer, and CG Nasty. Let's make gambling great again. All right, folks, and welcome back. Chapter 4, Season 2, Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Glad you joined us on this very special evening tonight. That's right, very special because we've got two guests joining us on top of Boomer. I know the intro you heard, CG Nasty, Collier's out this week. Um, prior commitments. Hopefully he'll be back next week. Yeah, those, those prior commitments, I believe, uh, he did have to work on the street corner. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, we did not boot him after his 19-26-3 record so far this year. Um, We're going to give him a little bit more of a chance. He had uh, a little bit better record than normal last week at uh, (laughs) 7-9-2. Still losing him money, folks. Still losing that money. But his hiatus is not because he's been kicked off yet. He's he's still got some time to redeem himself. Uh, but I say I'm glad you're with us because we've got two very special guests this weekend, uh, or this week, I should say. First up, um, from if you, this is a big gift for us. We're very excited. Uh, Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and every day should be Saturday. He'll be on with us a little bit later. Uh, if you're a college football fan, you recognize the name. If not, this dude's probably the best college football writer around. Uh, he's here just to kind of recap some college football thing. Uh, look ahead to this weekend a little bit uh we got that coming up shortly and then a little later after that also uh very happy to welcome tommy lorenzo tommy uh tommy is from the vegasparlay.com uh very insightful uh lives out on the west coast got uh heavy ties to vegas um interviewed him a little earlier great insight uh good stuff again that's tommy lorenzo from the vegas parlay also very stoked to get him on so stay tuned we got those two guests coming in for you this week uh and like i said me and boomer are here but the guests are the real stars this weekend i mean we're gonna rattle off who we who we've got this weekend but um we're gonna rattle off the money plays they'll tell you how to gamble that's right um so let's let's look back at last week real quick uh seven and nine for boomer which actually Took the cake winner last weekend, six and ten for me. Uh, terrible college football play. I think I went three and eleven in personal bets on Saturday, which fucking atrocious. But I rebounded pretty nicely on Sunday, going seven and two. And that is so great that you were able to win money and lose everybody else money. Man, that is so fantastic. You must uh, you must do a lot of charity work. No, I actually lost money myself this weekend. But I had to uh, go pretty hard on the NFL slate after I dicked around so bad on college Saturday. Uh, but Boomer seven and nine. Uh, yep. Neither one of us did great in our vaults. Uh, I lost all mine but Rutgers. I had the Forty ers <laughs> as my lock. I feel like that one should have covered, but it didn't. So the Forty ers did cover. No, they didn't. almost, almost they covered. Yeah, they gave it their best shot. But Navy minus five was a good look. Uh, it's a good pick. So hopefully we can. Hopefully I can get back in the winning column on the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week and Boomer can uh, keep his winning ways up. So, I mean, let's let's start it off. I think uh, I think we can go ahead and jump to the uh, the college football portion of the program. As I said, Spencer Hall from SB Nation, um, 
This was, we're really excited to have Spencer on. I would like to welcome Spencer Hall to the program. Spencer Hall from Every Day Should Be Saturday and uh, SB Nation, also known as the best damn college football writer in America. Spencer, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How's it going? Uh, pretty well, thanks for the kind words. Absolutely. It's the least we can do. So, uh, as I said, Spencer, SB Nation, Every Day Should Be Saturday, uh, great college football writer. We'll just start off. Game of the week coming up, uh, probably for you at least, Florida and Tennessee. How's that looking for you? It's going to be pretty dismal. Uh, so, like, yeah, it's a game of the week, but I'm not looking forward to watching it because it could be kind of a painful watch. It's a Tennessee team that struggled with Ohio and Appalachian State, and that game looks a little bit worse to me. Because coming out of it, I thought, oh, well, Tennessee struggled with App State. App State's a good team. They really this is what happens early in the season. You struggle with teams like this because they're ready and you're not. And that's not the case. I, I don't think, I, I think that looks a little more worrisome to me than it did after watching app state against Miami, a game app state played at home against a Miami team that really on paper shouldn't be substantively more talented than Tennessee and Miami floored them just obliterated them. It wasn't close Physically, it didn't look close at the point of attack. That's not good for Tennessee. And then they're going to be facing a Florida team that lost its um, that lost its starting quarterback last week, Luke Del Rio, replacing him with Austin Appleby, a Purdue transfer who's got plenty of experience. But this is his first starter. Will be on the road, and it might or might not be with Antonio Callaway, depending on Callaway's progress. He was upgraded today, but that's the biggest receiving threat in the Florida arsenal. Without him, they're going to be very limited in the passing game. And that's before you really consider that this is Appleby's first start. Right. And the run game itself, neither team has an offensive line that's capable of pushing much weight. True. So uh, speaking of that Miami-App State game, you were at that game, right? Yep. How was I, was in, I was in Boone. Yeah, how was the atmosphere in Boone? Uh, the, the atmosphere in Boone's great. I, I, I think it would be more fun for me. Like it, was, it had kind of a big game feel for an hour. Right? Like the hour leading up to the game. Right. You know, and then it lost it because Miami happens to be a much better football team. That's not App State's fault. No. Man. You know, you, you watch them play, you go, oh, look, that, that team's bigger than that team. Yeah. No. At every position. It was pretty apparent watching that one, uh, yeah, who, uh, who recruited the better athletes. So, uh, speaking of that, or going back to last week a little bit, we saw probably the two most impressive performances of the season, I think, in Ohio State and Louisville. Are those teams as good as they looked on Saturday? Yeah, they're both as good as they looked. I, I think Ohio State might be better because I think Ohio State has some gaps that they can pick up. I think they haven't flexed as much in the passing game as they could. I think that defensively, defensively they had a couple of things that hadn't happened to them happen. You know, they, they gave up a score. <laughs> That's the which. <laughs> That that's an okay thing to finally do if that's your standard, right? Like, oh, we gave up a touchdown. Wow. Okay. Cool. You you made you made a mistake. Uh, that's fine. So I think Ohio State actually, if you look at them, they're a real tempting pick for me as the best team in the nation because of how balanced they are across the board. I don't see much in a way of obvious weakness that they have, right? Yeah, and they're super the, young, which is scary as well. Super young. Well, and it's a deceptive kind of young because Ohio State took really great advantage of a redshirt situation. They redshirted a lot of their young talent, and they're just now sort of coming online in terms of playing time and in terms of physical maturity. There's a lot that happens between like 18 and 19, getting people in a strength program 
Because you think every high school has a strength training program now and that everybody's getting three squares a day. That's not the case, you know, especially if you're recruiting kids who don't get that. So oftentimes you'll see people come in and when they say, I gained 20 to 30 pounds of muscle, that's not exactly accurate. But they've gained 20 to 30 pounds, and it's not bad weight, and they don't get slower. They get stronger, and they get faster. That happens between 18 and 19. So what Meyer's done is taken that and put a lot of that young talent in this window where they come in, boom, ready to go, developed, mean, and healthy. Yeah, they, uh, they definitely look scary. Louisville as well. So what else stood out to you last week outside of those two teams? Uh, outside of that and, and Louisville, who is, yeah, Louisville is that good. They, they, they really are, and Lamar Jackson is just – Lamar Jackson is the element that with Lamar Jackson, they look like, you know, the Auburn-Cam Newton team without Lamar Jackson. They're still pretty good, but they're not what they are with him. He's just – he's a player that warps everything you do on the field. The other things I saw last week uh, that Oregon – this Oregon team might finally be the team where we all sort of come to Jesus and say they're not – what they were and they have serious structural problems that this coaching staff might not be able to fix. That's one thing. Another thing is that Alabama, I think Alabama offensively, they're still wobbly. I think offensively, they're probably not ready in, they're not as ready as, as you would like them to be at this point in the season. And also that Ole Miss, I don't think Ole Miss or Florida State are that good at this point. We've had, you know, three weeks and two big games involving each of those teams. And, uh, Actually, four if you count it, right? Because they, they played two games that we have against ranked teams that we're using as these big, important bellwether kind of games. Uh, you know, and Oklahoma and Notre Dame, I, I think there are these teams that have two losses at this point in the season who you go, I think we can properly start downgrading some of them, right? Like, I'd be amazed if Notre Dame hung on to Brian Van Gorder because they're their defensive coordinator because that's been suspect. Notre Dame hasn't been able to defend well. Brian Kelly will probably sacrifice him to save his job. Yeah, speaking of you buying, and that was a Stafford that liked that tweet. No, <laughs> actually, I, mean, I believe it was a Stafford, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that Stafford. I, I don't think that Stafford's opinions are necessarily all that different from Brian Kelly. But like, I don't think Brian Kelly's like, I don't think Brian Kelly's like on his phone after the game favoriting <laughs> stuff, right? I don't think that's. I just don't see that. Yeah, it's not very so. plausible. That's not the. Uh... Not what I see Brian Kelly doing after a loss like that, but still very interesting to see that. So, you know, we talked about some of the uh, the better teams. Who are the the more disappointing teams? I mean, we've hit on some of them, but is Florida State the biggest disappointment this year? I don't think so because they they played they played two good teams and lost to you know they they lost to they, they beat Ole Miss they lost to Louisville, and they lost to Louisville badly. I don't know if losing to Louisville badly is, is a weird thing this year. I don't, right? So I think the, the, the biggest disappointment for me, like I expect DeAndre Francois to struggle because he's a redshirt freshman, and Florida State got one of the great curveballs in terms of luck in the positive sense by having a freshman quarterback come in who was as gifted as any quarterback ever in terms of processing information on the field. And that's Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is a once-in-a-generation talent in that respect. So I think people are expecting another freshman to come in and to have as robust a debut. That might have been a little naive. Yep. Uh, and it probably didn't recognize exactly what Winston was in terms of the context of, 
you know, his generation of players, right? College, you can have college football is a sport where you can have singular talents who can make a difference so immense that they get Gene Chizik a national title, right? right? You can have players who are so mind-bogglingly above the rest of the field that they can distort entire regions of the country in terms of how well a team can do. Lamar Jackson might be one of those, right? I mean, it's three games, and he was real good last year. Vince Young was one of those, right? Vince Young got Mac Brown a championship. Mac Brown does not get one without him. No. Yeah, Vince Young is another one of those guys who, at the quarterback position, is more than capable of that. I think defensively, and Donald can sue if Nebraska was so close. But there's only so much you can do from the defensive tackle spot. But in college, that's how much better he was than everyone around him. Um, so I, I'm not – in looking at teams that are also disappointing, it's hard not to be disappointed in Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma is somehow still ranked, by the way. Yeah, I saw that then, man. Uh, was it Ole Miss? Both of them are still ranked? Both of them are still ranked at one and two. And I'm not making the argument that you couldn't put together – we did this on our podcast. We put together – uh, a pretty good playoff just with one and two teams. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be a compelling watch. There's several of them that have jumped out the gate and not so great this year. All right, so that's kind of looking back on last week. What are some of the games this weekend that you uh, are must-see TV in your opinion? I think this weekend if I'm watching stuff, I want to keep a flyer or take a flyer on – Oregon, Colorado, because Colorado is a much more physical team than I think people realize. They were up on Michigan. They really only lost to Michigan because ultimately the depth chart ran out. Michigan <laughs> just has more talent and kept throwing it at them. And But on the stat sheet, it's not all that different when you look at it. And they had a couple of special teams blunders, which happened a lot against Michigan, and credit to their special teams. I would want to watch USC at Utah because – you want to talk about disappointing? Uh, USC are, yeah. could be in a very bad spot after this week, and Clay Helton already rumors of losing control there, and having a player get into it with him in a physical sense. Some people say punched yeah. by a player. That's nowhere good. That's heading nowhere that uh, any USC fan wants it to head, unless you want Clay Helton fired. Which, based on anything that's happened there, yeah. Probably have yeah. yeah. when, uh, when does Hayden get out officially? Uh, Hayden, Hayden is, is, is out, out, I okay. believe, already. Okay. Uh, Lynn Swan had, is okay. the acting AD. That's right. So, I didn't know if Hayden had like a, a last date, kind of a lame duck period or not. Um, yeah, no, it'd be Lynn Swan, I think, is, is on the job. Um, there, but there's plenty of other sort of, there's a lot of like good B grade games this, this weekend. You've got like, Florida State at South Florida is worth keeping your your eye on because South Florida, you know, runs the ball pretty well. They are a, a, a they haven't been a good defensive squad this year, but that's been their identity. And they get Florida State at home in Tampa after um, an exasperating game for Florida State. So that's just something to keep an eye on. No, Georgia no. Georgia and Old Miss. If you want to see something real scary, a one and three Old Miss squad. A one and three Old Miss squad for Hugh Freeze would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, especially after that offseason. All right, one more question. We'll get you out of here. Does the loser of the LSU Auburn game this week keep their job to the end of the season? No. <laughs> yep, I didn't think so. <laughs> there's, a, there's a question, though, and that question is 
If Auburn wants to fire Gus Malzahn, who's paying the buyout? That's what I'm thinking. I've already seen they started a GoFundMe. I mean, we're down here. I'm in Birmingham, and, and these uh, the, the Auburn fans I'm around are not very happy. They're they're willing to contribute, but I'm wondering who's actually going to pay that thing if they do want to get rid of them. Well, if they do that, then if they do that, they'll have to go fundraising because they're already paying a buyout for Gene Chizik. Yeah, Chizik still got what ten million? Is it is it quite that much? I don't know if it's quite that much, but based on what I know about their finances, I think they would probably have to go donor shopping. And that doesn't that's not saying that Auburn's the only team that have to do that, no. right? When you pay large buyouts, oftentimes you have to go around and you have to pass the hat. Yep. And that's you know, that's one thing that, you know, I don't know if Kentucky had to do it, but Kentucky at this point they have to all but be by, like then you talk to about coaching maneuvers. Kentucky at this point is shopping, right? Like they fired Mark Sears. That's over. There's no re- there's no way they're bringing him back, and they're going to have to at least have the money ready and have a plan to pay him off before they can consider even looking at another coach. So that's what they're doing now. And they can just ask Cal Perry to donate one of his million the rest of the- his contract out. Yeah, I mean, I think his buy. I think his buyout is uh, his buyout isn't huge. Uh, I don't think it's massive. I think they built this into the product. They built this into the product. Yeah, they had an idea that they might not last that long. Yeah. All right. Well, Spencer, thank you again for joining us again. This is Spencer Hall, SB Nation. Every day should be Saturday. Uh, you can find him all over the internet, wherever college football is being talked about. Spencer is there. Um, Spencer, thanks again so much for joining us. And uh, again, we'll appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. All right. All right, folks. So that was Spencer Hall. Again, SB Nation. Every day should be Saturday. All over the internet. Great dude. Thanks again for being on. All right, Boomer. So you've got a, we've got a little bit of a preview from Spencer for this weekend. A little bit of a look back from last weekend. Let's get into our picks. Uh, some good games this weekend, much like last some weekend. Tough games this weekend. Yeah. Some, some just games where teams have come out blowing people out of the water. Just no questions asked, blowing a lot of shitty teams out of the water. And then a lot of very unknown teams who have blown out even crummier teams out of the water are playing against them. So it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough weekend to gamble. Yeah, it's uh it's not ideal on the gambling slate, but there are some good games to watch. Last weekend was pretty good. Didn't really live up to the hype of that damn Louisville and Oklahoma State or Ohio State game, I should say. But tomorrow night, Thursday night, got some good action. ACC play. Clemson goes on the road, minus 10 at Georgia Tech. Uh, saw a pretty crazy stat on Paul Johnson today as an underdog. Let me get that and get my hands on that exact stat. But before I do that, Boomer, what do you like in this game? Well, you remember how Justin Thomas was just on the Heisman watch at the very beginning of last year. I think he was on your Heisman watch and no one else. Yeah, yeah, he was. I think national Heisman watch list. Uh, he he had a case of the Jeremy Johnsons uh, that came about and uh, completely tanked the Yellow Jacket season last year. That being said, they've done pretty pretty well this year so far. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the option. The option running game, I mean, pretty much you know within the first three minutes of the first quarter if you're going to cover or not. So I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the take the Yellow Jackets in this one, make it a quick play, so at least you'll know uh, in the first quarter if you want or not. Give me the 10. Yeah, I like Georgia Tech a lot in this game. Uh, here's a stat I was referencing. saw this on Reddit today. 
Under Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech is 5-0 and against ranked teams when Georgia Tech is playing at home and is unranked. Uh, and that's 2-0 and against teams in the top 10. Both of those apply to Clemson. They're not going to win tomorrow night, I don't think. I think that streak will come to an end. But I There's think Thursday night games then, and they 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 do get crazy. Uh, but I think Deshaun Watson and them, they found their rhythm a little bit last week. I know that it was I think South Carolina State, uh, terrible program. But you you still terrible human beings also. Uh, you know we we can't say that we don't know that. Uh, but that bullshit on the kick kickoff where the dude threw it to the ref was uh, pretty awful. Yeah, I have an inside source that actually said he was point-shaving. Now, I cannot obviously let that source go, but I think it's all clear to everybody that uh, watched that, that play happen. There was, there Clearly, it's getting paid. Yeah, there's some chicanery going on there. Yeah, I like Georgia Tech to keep it within the number tomorrow night, Thursday night at home. Uh, should be a fun watch, so give me the yellow jackets there as well. Next up, Friday night. Put this on the schedule simply because it's a Friday night game, and I want to hear your take on this dumpster fire that is USC right now. The Trojans travel to Utah, three-point dogs. Usually I would be over the all over the three-point dog when I think they have more talent and the public is betting against them. But Jesus Christ, it's a shit show at USC right now. They switch quarterbacks early in the week. Uh, rumor has it a freshman may or may not have punched head coach. Um, what's their head coach? I'm drawing a blank right now. Todd or Clay Helton. Uh, Todd Helton. Todd Helton would have been a, probably a better hire, honestly. But, yeah, Clay Helton got, may or may not have gotten punched this week by one of his own players. Shit is just going awry. Three points. I'm taking Utah all night. How about you? Well, about, about 115 miles away from – Los Angeles is a little town in Mexico called Tijuana, and there they have. Are you willing to uh, stake your reputation on that 115 mile distance? I am. I okay. Am. They have these uh, girl and donkey shows down in uh, Tijuana. You know, not always. Uh, they don't always go according to plan, but whenever they get going down there, they look a hell of a lot better than USC's football team. This year, yikes! <laughs> and it gets messy. It gets messy, and uh, and still, still, they keep it together a hell of a lot better than that offense has so far this year. USC, I like the Utes. Get now, I, I hate taking three points yeah. with the with them in this, but uh, I think Troy McCormick, you know, he, him and Zach Moss have have done pretty well tag teaming this year. Troy Williams will, will be airing it out. I, I think they cover by at least a touchdown. I think that uh, I've heard a lot of things. USC called a lot of things. I think that's the first time I've heard them compared to a donkey show in Tijuana. So that's the only kind of that's the content you're only getting on the Deep Fried Bets podcast. So, like I said, tell your friends. Next up, Saturday morning, early kickoff. Uh, the Grove will not be rocking at 11 a.m. for the one and two football team. I can't imagine. They they welcome the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia seven point road underdog. Even though they are the undefeated team and much more higher ranked, uh, Boomer, what's your take on this game? Oh man, talk about just getting your heart ripped out if you're old mess last weekend. I felt terrible for him. I mean, I'm sure you did. I was, I was, I was just living and dying with them every play. I felt very bad for Chad Kelly. Thought he. Thought he gave it his all, and he did. He did not. He's not the reason they lost that game. That's for sure. I think they. Uh, I think they gave a little bit too much of an effort last week. Teams after playing Alabama are 
the past three years, roughly uh, three and uh, 25 covering the spread. And uh, I think they're going to be a little bit beat up. And Georgia kind of got a kind of got a boys becoming men last weekend with uh, pulling out that that win against Missouri. I, I like Georgia. I think uh, I think Eason kind of found himself. I think he's got the confidence to to pull this one out in Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm fading you here. I like Ole Miss. Um... Just because I think they do have a lot of talent, they are kind of reeling a little bit, and they realize their season's on the line at one and two. So I think they'll do everything they can to get together. Uh, Georgia's going to be good, um, I think, under Kirby Smart, but I don't think they're there yet. They should have lost on the road to Missouri. Missouri's awful, so I, I'm going to take Ole Miss here uh, minus the seven to to get it going in the second half, air it out a little bit, and get the win. Uh, next up, a couple surprise three and O teams. Wisconsin plus six or five and a half, uh, depending on where you're getting that, at Michigan State. We'll give five and a half because that's the most recent line I've seen. Uh, Boomer, who do you like here? Well, whenever I saw this line, I was actually blown away. Um, and usually in these in these instances, I always go with the team that doesn't make sense. But I watched the entire Michigan State game last weekend against Notre Dame, mainly because – I had the Irish in it, and uh, they let them kind of get close at the end, but that was not a close game. They surprised the hell out of me. I think Wisconsin got lucky. They moved up in ranking way too much, playing a very, very bad LSU team, which we saw last weekend barely beating Mississippi State, which I think everybody will agree is not a powerhouse this year. No, not world-beating. I think the five and a half. I was expecting this line to be at least seven and a half, maybe up to nine. Give me, uh, give me the Spartans. See, I am fading you again, based off what you alluded to early on. Uh, thought this line would be a little higher. Six is where I would try to stay away from. If I could get it at five, or I'm sorry, six is where I would to uh, like to take it. If I could stay away from five and a half, I probably would. I like Wisconsin here. I don't. I think Michigan State was kind of on an emotional high. They'll be coming now for that. Uh, they may win the game. It'll be a field goal. Very sloppy game. Probably going to want to try to find something else to watch. Um, I mean, it may be two highly ranked teams, but it's not going to be that exciting of a football game. I personally don't think. But I do think Wisconsin will keep it within the number. Next up, Florida plus seven at Tennessee. Tennessee is trying to break the streak of 11 in a row, I believe. Um, saw my favorite stat of these that I've seen. The last time Tennessee beat Florida, the Oklahoma City Thunder did not yet exist. So that kind of gives you a little bit of perspective of how long it's been. Tennessee's seven-point favorites at home against Florida, who is starting a new quarterback uh, in Appleby. Who do you like here, Boomer? Uh, well, I picked Tennessee to go to the uh... – they're the playoff and national championship, so I got to ride with them. I think they're going to be flying high, first big game of the season. They just have been waiting for Florida to beat them up. I mean, these are two teams that hate each other. CBS three thirty game. Everybody's going to have their mind right. Give me Tennessee to cover. Yeah, um, when it first came out, I saw the seven and loved Florida. But the more I've looked at it, I think I'm going back Tennessee. Uh, a couple quick hitters for you. Tennessee looked awful against Ohio last week, but it's Ohio. You've got to think they're looking ahead of Florida, a team that hadn't beaten 11 tries. 
and the public, I believe, is at about 75% on Florida. A uh, good rule of thumb when it comes to betting college football, if you see the public on an underdog, run the other way, take the favorite. So I think that's going to push me in the direction of the Volunteers. Both of us are on Tennessee, minus seven. Next up, Arkansas, Texas A&M, a top 15, top 16, somewhere in there matchup. Um, this will be a, uh, a good grind them out football game. It'll be interesting to watch. Arkansas, five and a half uh, point favorites on the road at Texas A&M. I think the Hogs are in a good spot here. <laughs> Both teams uh, coming off, you know, good starts to the season. Both teams three and zero. Oh. Texas A&M came in off a win in Auburn. Um, wasn't pretty. Wasn't for, pretty for either side. And I think Arkansas is. They might not win the game, but I think they'll keep it close. They'll play it their style. So I'm probably buy half a point and take Arkansas plus six here. Boomer, who you like? Oh, I absolutely love Arkansas. They went into TCU, won a hell of a game earlier this year. Texas A&M. I mean, I just I feel like they've they've kind of just been puttering along. They they beat Auburn, who everybody clearly has seen now is not a very good football team, which was known. Before the season started, unfortunately, but I think that uh, I think A and M's defense is going to be extremely weak against this uh, powerful run offense against our, from Arkansas and uh, Brett Bielema. Told y'all he he loves he loves these big games and, and pulling these upsets and, and also getting the five and a half. I like the money line on this one. Yeah, I think money line's a good play. All right, so that does it for our scheduled college football games for the weekend. Um, Seems like a good time to take a break. Welcome in our friend Tommy Lorenzo. Again, Tommy, very excited to have Tommy on from the VegasParlay.com. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, a lot of good insight there. He's on Twitter at SportsbookTom. Uh, Tommy's going to join us here to talk about a little bit of NFL, a little bit of college football, just kind of what he sees coming in this weekend. So let's uh, let's get to that. All right, everyone, we'd like to welcome our next guest is uh, Tommy Lorenzo uh, from TheVegasParlay.com, and uh, you can find him on Twitter at SportsbookTom. Again, that's Tommy Lorenzo, The Vegas Parlay. Tommy's going to help us talk about uh, the upcoming weekend a little bit, um, give us some, some good insight and that kind of stuff. So, Tom, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. Stuck in Southern California traffic, but... Uh... Other than that, fantastic. I'm uh, really happy to be on. Hey, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Um, again, that's uh, thevegasparlay.com and at SportsbookTom. So, Tom, what's uh, how you been doing on the season so far? Is a uh, good outlook so far for you? So far, pretty good. You know, MLB is probably my strength, but, uh, you know, football is king, as they say, and uh, it's been going pretty good. College especially has been going well. Uh, NFL, I think it, it always takes – two to three weeks to kind of get a good good handle on things, but uh, in plus territory, so that's always good. Hopefully, right. Yeah, it always takes a little bit to, to fill the teams out. Yeah, I love uh, – I'm a baseball better myself, but we're uh, we're headquartered in Alabama, so most of our uh, listenership is, is football heavy. It's kind of hard to get too many of them on the baseball wagon, so we, we carried yeah, our uh, – I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. I didn't. I didn't realize football was that big in Bama. Oh yeah, it's huge. It's uh, that's a joke. That's it, a joke. No, okay. Yeah. No. It's. A, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely keen down here. So. So speaking of, so we'll go ahead and look at some of these opening weekend games, or not opening weekend, the upcoming weekend games, I should say. Um, 
we'll start off tomorrow night. Do you have uh, have any leans in either the uh, the Patriots game? I think they're uh, getting a point and a half at home. What, what do you think yeah, about that? Yeah. You know, I, I the Patriots' record as underdogs at home speaks for itself. They have a very strong uh, against the spread record at home. But, you know, quite frankly, I think that spread is a little suspicious. And uh, I don't usually like uh, facing any betting action uh, that I that I have or make based on, quote-unquote, a suspicious line. But you've got to think Vegas is going to get uh, tons of money on the Patriots, uh, regardless of who's at quarterback. And, uh, you know, if, if I were to play the game, I would probably make a small play on the, on the Texans. Uh, minus a point or two, depending where you're playing it. Uh, not a big, not a big play though. I think there's more, a uh, little more opportunity for uh, some good action on Sunday. But it's going to be intriguing to see uh, how that game pans out from the perspective of the quarterback situation and just the fact that you know a team like the Houston Texans are coming in the coming in as a favorite in that game. Yeah, I was. Uh... I was very interested to see what they did with that line. A point and a half was, I figured it might be minus three Texans, but point mm-hmm. and a half is, you know, not too far off. A uh, little college action tomorrow night, too. We got Clemson traveling to Georgia Tech. Uh, you had a chance to take a look at that much, any? A little bit. I think Clemson is, is a quiet top ten team. I, I think, you know, they're, they're getting their due, but maybe not as much as they should, especially with all the hype. Uh, around Louisville, and of course, you know, Bama, deservedly so, gets a lot of attention. Um, you know, people are thinking Clemson will be a pretty solid team this year, but not do what they did last year. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I think they have a lot to prove, and I think they'll uh, they'll handle Georgia Tech uh, rather easily. Um, you know, so if I had to get action on that game, I, I'd probably uh, go with the, the chop there and, and put some money on Clemson. Yeah, that'd be uh, and they had that primetime game opening weekend, but it was kind of overshadowed because there was a ton going on that night. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the the spotlight to themselves. So, um, you know, looking forward to the weekend. What are some uh, some of the college teams that you've got your eye on that maybe Vegas is undervaluing or overvaluing a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Pitt this year. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think they're going to be undervalued at least uh, for a little while longer. Uh, you know, their, uh, their offense is, is right at right the top 20 uh, in rushing. And uh, I think whenever you can run the ball and control the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a chance to, to win some games. So I think that, uh, Pitt is one of the teams to look at. They're getting seven points at North Carolina. Right. And, uh, you know, the Tar Heels are, are just absolutely terrible against the run. I think they're well over 200, 220 yards allowed uh, on average uh, per game. And, you know, you combine that with, you know, Pitt running the ball so well, um, I think that's, a, a you know, a, a big opportunity for Pitt have a good performance and you know frankly i could see them winning this game outright yeah that's actually one of my favorite games this weekend too i'm gonna keep riding pit because vegas seems to be undervaluing a little bit they hadn't covered the last two weeks but it's been uh-huh. it's been close both ways some a late touchdown for penn state and then they 
lost by seven. The spread was six last week. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think Pitt's a team to to keep looking at. Um, what about Definitely. what are uh, what are some other games you guys are out on Saturday? You know, I have uh, you know maybe one of the more marquee matchups I'll discuss is Ole Miss Georgia. Uh, I think Ole Miss is really hungry for a win. You know, after having some tough losses to Bama and to Florida State, um, I think I think they're going to refocus on the, the defense a little bit. And I think combined with Georgia trying to get uh, Nick Chubb going. Uh, he had that, that good first sweep, but last couple of weeks he's come down to earth somewhat. And I think um, Georgia is going to try to get him going. And I think for Georgia to win this game, I think they know they have to get their defense to show up. So I, I like the under in this game. Uh, the total is right at 62 at most spots in Vegas. And oh, wow. I can see this game going uh, going under for, for several factors that I just mentioned. So I, I really like uh, the under in this game. Yeah, it's an 11 a.m. kick too in Oxford, which I've uh, I've been to Oxford at 11 a.m. There's not much going on, so they'll uh, not not too bad. That's early. That's early. No, they might get revved up by that halftime, but I don't know how how much the home field will play into it for the first half. That'd be interesting. I think the under that's a good play. I didn't know it was that high. I hadn't really looked at it. I'd seen the line, but I hadn't looked at the over under too much. Um, so yeah, I was got, surprised that it was that high. Yeah, I, I had it right around 50 and even then uh, I would have been inclined to go under when I saw 62 and uh, I you know that, that's that's a great number if you're looking at the under yep so uh, we got another game that evening kind of surprise matchup Wisconsin 3-0 at Michigan State 3-0 both of them faced tough tests yeah. with uh, LSU and Notre Dame and prevailed that line was mm-hmm. it's it's hovering between five and six I had kind of looked at that one earlier. Wasn't really sure. What's your thought on that game? You know, this one. This one's a tough one. Uh, I still didn't, don't know what Wisconsin's got. Um, I think Michigan State is, is strong. Uh, I think that first game that Wisconsin took on LSU at, at Lambeau Field, um, they did a great job. But I think it's a combination of the fact that you know there was a special, there was a special kind of moment for Wisconsin. And LSU really just didn't show up ready to play. So it's hard to gauge this game. Uh, if, if I had to lean one way, I would go with Michigan State. Um, I think that conference is, is very tough this year. And I think Michigan State may come out, you know, being one of the tougher teams in that conference. Um, so I, I take Michigan State, but I really uh, prefer to cover five and a half and six. Yeah, five and a half is a little better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all kind of interesting matchups Saturday. Um, I think there's definitely value in that under, and I think Wisconsin's a good team to look at, or Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It'll be, be interesting to see where that line ends up, if it stays at five and a half. May get to seven, who knows. But, you know, Sunday, that's uh, that's where the world bets. Um, college yep. football, we like it down here in the south, but uh, United States, they love some NFL so what are some of the games that you've got your eye on there? I have my eye on two games this, this week, and I feel pretty good about them. Usually with NFL, it, it's you know not too often that I really uh, like more than a game or two, uh, more than one game really, but this week it's two. Uh, Browns at Dolphins is the first one I'm looking at. Uh, you know, Dolphins get their two road games out of the way to get the season going. You know, They went to Seattle, played well. 
uh, lost a heartbreaker. Uh, they went to New England, did not get off to a good start, but you know, gathered themselves a bit to make the game a little closer at the end. Uh, but it's a perfect setup now for their home opener with the Browns. Um, Browns are, are most likely going with their third-string QB, um, Cody Tesler. Um, you know, I just don't see the Dolphins having much trouble with the Browns team. Uh, that's not very good uh, at all. Um, I can see the Dolphins blowing them out. Uh, it's going to be a hot, steamy afternoon in Miami, and uh, I see the Dolphins' defense giving the Browns a lot of problems. Yeah, that's going to be uh, tough to watch, I think, if you're a Browns fan. you got Cody Kessler starting for you. Um, that's not going to be pretty because that dude I don't think is remotely ready for NFL action, but he could prove us wrong on Sunday. But I think the Dolphins is probably the right side there. Um, what uh, You said you had two. What's another one you're looking at this, on Sunday? Yeah, the other game uh, I got there is uh, Steelers plus three and a half at the Eagles. Uh, that hook concerns me. I'd love to to get three on it, maybe buy a half a point. But, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, uh, he appears to be the real deal for Philly. Uh, but the Steelers' defense should provide some difficulty for him in this game. Um, the way Big Ben's been looking, uh, Roethlisberger, he looks fully cranked right now. And he should get the job done against an Eagles defense. It's ranked pretty high, but we got to remember, they've played well against the Brown and the Bears, who are just very bad defensively. I think the Browns are second to last in, in offense um, in the NFL, and Cleveland's not too far behind. So I, I think the, the Eagles are going to see something different uh, from the Steelers in terms of defense, and uh, I think the Steelers will, will be plenty ready to go. Uh, you know, they did well against a really tough Bengals team at home. I think they go into Philadelphia and get the job done, uh, you know, maybe by six or seven points. Uh, but that's that's another one I'm looking at really closely. Yeah, although the Steelers aren't what they used to be on defense, they're still a hell of a lot better than the Bears and the Browns, I would have to think. Um, I think so, and I think this will be the, the toughest test for Carson Wentz, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Again, he appears to be a real deal, but I think this will be a game where you know uh, some of the learning – uh, you know, some of the lumps rookies have to take. I think this may be the game where it happens. Yeah, I agree. He's got to look like a rookie at some point. Um, yep. All right, so those are uh, some, some plays you got on Sunday. So, you know, being out in the on the West Coast, what's some of the the things that have that you've kind of seen shift this week towards the NFL, like some line movements you've looked at or anything like that? Um, you know, as far as the NFL uh, – you know, the only line I've been keeping my eye on is uh, the Thursday night game. I've not uh, seen anything uh, too crazy. I've been keeping my eye on the, the, the Patriots-Houston uh, line, just because, uh, you know, obviously with, with New England being a, a home dog. Uh, but uh, other than that, not really have seen any line movements that would get my attention uh, of course, that could change over the next couple of days, but right. at this point, nothing yet. Yeah, it's, uh, I hadn't seen too much movement this week that kind of with you hadn't anything caught my eye too much. All right, so we'll get you uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Monday night, you got the Falcons traveling to the Saints. Uh, people down here like to consider it a rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. It should be an interesting game. The Falcons are getting three on the road. Uh, what do you think of that matchup? You know, uh, the Saints have had a couple of tough losses, and uh, an NFL team that's coming off a couple of tough losses, I think the way you think is, okay, 
they're due to just, you know, come back and blow the doors off the team. I don't think so here. I think Atlanta comes in, uh, keeps it really close. Uh, and I think Atlanta may squeak out of there with the victory. Um, uh, you know, you've got to respect um, Drew Brees and what he can do. But uh, I think Atlanta can go get in there and, and, uh, and take care of business against the same team that, you know, may feel a little bit of a pressure with their record. Uh, they, they may falter again at home and put them in a bad spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the money line's uh, a good play there. Something to watch out for. See if that grows at all before. Uh, I think that's night. a good. I think that's a good idea. Money line play on that. I think is a way to go. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, folks. That's Tommy Lorenzo from the VegasParlay.com. Go check out his work. Does a uh, very good work. Uh, very good reads. Keep you updated with everything that's going out on going on out in the desert. Uh, you can check him out again at Sportsbook Tom. Uh, Tom Lorenzo from the Vegas Parlay. Tommy, thanks again so much for joining us. It's uh, my pleasure, Blake, and best of luck to you guys. Hope to do it again soon. Absolutely. All right, folks. So that was uh, again Tommy Lorenzo, the Vegas at Sportsbook Tom. Lots of good insight there. Um, good follow. Good guy to. Uh, to have in the uh, the arsenal of the deep fried bets uh, fan base, so that kind of splits us up. We had our college games. Now me and Boomer we're gonna get to our NFL games. Uh, first up, Thursday night game. The Texans. You know, me and Tommy hit on that a little bit earlier. Minus one and a half at the Patriots. I'm gonna take Bill Belichick in the points as a rule of thumb every single time. I think the public will probably be on the Texans because they hate backup quarterbacks. And I'm going to take Bill Belichick in the points here, Boomer. Well, I think everybody should hate third-string quarterbacks. That's kind of my rule whenever a third-string quarterback comes in and the other team is only giving a point or a point and a half. I mean, I get Jimmy. Everybody knew Jimmy Garoppolo was coming in. Everybody had seen him before. Pretty good quarterback. Been in the system for years behind Tom Brady. Jacoby Brissett has not. He is going to have basically a week to repair. Everybody forgets that the Patriots were assuming that Tom Brady was not playing the first four games and Garoppolo was getting most of the reps. Now, Jacoby Brissett, how many reps do you think he saw? Maybe some from the practice squad? He was busier carrying water than carrying the football over the summer camp. Now, I agree with you. Bill Belichick's smart. He can figure it out. Even if Gronkowski does play, Jacoby Brissett, I just I cannot see them maybe keeping it close, but you got to go with the team you think is going to win on this one. I, I like the Texans just to win. Yeah. I mean, solid info, but I still think I'm taking Belichick in the points. That's just maybe stubbornness more than anything, but you know, when a, when a guy is that good at what he does, you got to go with him. Next up, uh, Broncos plus three. That's right, the defending Super Bowl champs and undefeated Denver Broncos are three point underdogs at the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. But what's your take on this game? The Broncos have looked good this year, and I think that's a combination of Trevor Simeon just kind of getting lucky, so to speak. C.J. Anderson's come back a little bit, and their defense has just obviously played lights out. Now, some of the games have gotten away and looked a lot uglier to the to the public than they should have. I eat last week. Yeah, it's just, you know, late points and garbage points, but people go back and they look at those games and 
and don't really understand where that's coming from. Now, I think that the Bengals are a bit underrated after losing last week to a very good Steelers team. Absolutely love the Steelers. I think that the Bengals are healthy. They have all the right people there, even with Vontez Burfecht not holding up the center of that defense. I think they can still hold the Broncos' offense to where it needs to be, and uh, the Red Rifle is going to be airing it out to A.J. Green, so all those fantasy hunters out there probably going to have a good weekend this weekend. Oh, so you're taking the Bengals there. Yeah. Yep, I'm taking the Bengals as well. Uh, the Broncos' defense is very good, don't get me wrong. Quarterback play is not great. Uh, defense, hey, it wins championships, but it doesn't always win regular season games, especially when the Broncos – it's a 10 a.m. kick uh, for them. So maybe 11 o'clock. Either way, it's an earlier game for them. I know that that stuff doesn't matter as much. You know, you can acclimate the body a little better. But I don't want to call it a trap game, especially since they're underdogs, but I can see them traveling, slipping up a game here. It won't matter that much in the long haul. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals minus three at home here as well. Um, Next up, the Adrian Peterson-less Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Jonathan Stewart-less Carolina Panthers Seven-point dogs are the Minnesota Vikings. The Panthers coming off a uh, win against the 49ers after the loss on opening night. Uh, Vikings coming off a big win on Sunday night against the Packers where Sam Bradford kind of looked like the guy you thought he might look like after the uh, Rams took him number one overall. Boomer, who are you liking this game? Well, you know, have have you ever – stepped into a uh, big, hot, steamy, wet pile of dog shit before. No, I've never stepped into a Sam Bradford. Well, I did uh, on Sunday night this past week and, and went against my better judgment and took the uh, Packers in in that game and should have known better. All signs pointed to uh, the Vikings because they, they suck and they were at home. So I figured once you, once you step in dog shit with your – right shoe you you might as well just step in it with your left shoe yeah and, uh, and throw the shoes away once it happens right so i'm gonna take the panthers uh minus the seven which is very uncharacteristic of me but i just can't see it i can't see it being close to that adrian peterson sam bradford is like you said that steamy hot wet pile of dog shit that i did step in now yeah, i'm taking the vikings here points really really good defense um Adrian Peterson is really good, don't get me wrong, but Asiata and McKinnon can hold their own for a, a couple weeks um, until people start really figuring out, okay, they're not Adrian Peterson. I think they'll have a good game plan. I think Carolina wins this maybe 20-17 to 17 defensive kind of game, but, yeah, I like the Vikings to keep it within the number here. So, finally, we're skipping the Sunday night game because – I'm going to find something else to do with my Sunday night when the Bears travel to the Cowboys. have no interest in that game, so we're going to skip right ahead to Monday night. The Falcons getting the three on the road at the Saints. Uh, Boomer, you're the Atlanta, the hometown guy over there. Who are you taking? Yeah, the Falcons look pretty damn good out in uh, Oakland last weekend, didn't they? Yeah, he took the money line there, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I had uh, zero faith in that. I just wanted to do it to get a little afternoon action in, and uh, they paid me. That being said, I think the Saints definitely cover the three. If At the very minimum, they push this game. They can throw up the points. Atlanta, I mean, they can too. 
Julio Jones looked a little iffy, though, towards the end of that game last week. Don't know how healthy he's going to be. Devontae Freeman, unfortunately, has looked terrible, although Tevin Coleman has looked incredible. Yeah, I know that works. I think uh, I think the Saints are going to be able to outscore them though, and their defense did come up with several key turnovers last weekend. I think that Matt Ryan likes to turn the ball over a lot, so I, I like the Saints at home. Yeah, I'm going to fade you again here. Uh, I like the Falcons plus the three. Uh, the pressure, like Tommy hit on a little bit earlier, could really be getting to the Saints. You know, they're going to feel like they need to come out and win. I think the public will also be all over the Saints. <laughs> I think they're still under that allure of the Saints are or or unbeatable in the Superdome. That hasn't been the case in a couple of years now. So I'm going to take the Vi- or the Falcons and the points here. Hopefully keep it within the number, maybe get the outright win. So that wraps up our scheduled NFL games for the weekend and college football games for the weekend. But that's not all. Y'all know how this works by now. It's time for the vault. No sound effects. We're not really getting much out of it. If you have a good vault-sounding effect for us, shoot it to us at Twitter, Facebook, any of that good stuff, and uh, maybe we'll get that up. Boomer, let's just go ahead and let you rattle off these vault picks. Who you got this weekend? Well, I'm going to pull my best uh, Dustin Hoffman impression right here with my Rain Man vault picks of the week. Coming in hot, machine gunning off. San Francisco, plus nine versus Seattle. Seattle looked terrible. San Francisco's looked a hell of a lot better than most people thought. Take them. Pitt, plus seven versus UNC. Love James Conner still. They they should have won last weekend. Yeah, UNC, I mean, has looked a, very underwhelming. I think if Georgia can win, Pitt can win. Built, built very similar, similarly. Next, UCLA. Plus three and a half. Everybody's hammering Stanford. Nobody has any faith in my boy Rosen. Dude's going to air it out, even though they lost to Texas A&M. I think they're going to win this Pac-12 game. Blind dog bet of the week right here. South Cackalack plus three versus Kentucky. Kentucky sucks. South Carolina sucks. Take the points. Then we get to Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, they have looked terrible this year. Just getting blown out, doors blown off of them. Only getting one against the Baltimore Ravens, who just had all that heart last week in Baltimore, in uh, in Cleveland. I think Blake Bortles service figures it out this week, puts up some huge points. Give me Jacksonville plus one. All right, so Jacksonville plus one, South Carolina plus three. UCLA plus three and a half, Pittsburgh plus seven, and the 49ers plus nine. Taking a lot of points there. I like it. That's Boomer's vault, my vault, more winners. Got to get back on track after last week's embarrassing performance. So let's go. Browns plus 10 at the Dolphins. Dolphins will be all over, or the public will be all over the Dolphins. Browns aren't very good. Dolphins aren't very good, but I'm going to take the 10 points. The Bills plus five against the Arizona Cardinals. Another one of those. I think the public, you could see something 80-85% take the Cardinals right here. Uh, Must win spot for Rex. Don't think he'll get it done, but I do think he'll keep it within three or so. So the Bills plus five there. Next up, Penn State plus 20 against Michigan. Penn State probably should have beaten Michigan last year, but they did not, obviously. 20 points, though. I don't think that Michigan's made up that much of a difference. Michigan was losing to uh, Colorado last week until Colorado's starter had to go out of the game at quarterback, and their backup came in and went over in the completion 
department. So I think that Penn State can hang around and give Michigan all they want. Penn State plus 20. Next up, fading you on this, Boomer. Kentucky minus – I got two and a half, so I'm taking it there. Minus two and a half against South Carolina. They'll win that <laughs> They'll win that hey, it's okay, man. It's okay if you don't feel confident with that pick. you got to take the half point. Not I, mean, I, like the three I, I like the three for a push. They'll win the game by a field goal. Most champ, I mean, he might do all right South Carolina. We've discussed on here before, but I don't think he's there yet. Give me, give me Kentucky. And, I mean, Mark Stoops is already out the door. Spencer hit on a little bit earlier, but – I still think some of those guys want to rally a bit behind them, so they'll get them a win here. Finally, uh, we must be on this. We must be drinking the same Pitt Panther Kool-Aid because I'm taking the Panthers again, plus seven against North Carolina. I had some of the th- same exact thoughts. They are a similar team to Georgia right now. They're looking to establish the run. They're doing some of the same exact things on offense. And I know that Georgia didn't just blow the doors off North Carolina or anything, and they probably really shouldn't have even covered but if you're giving me seven points, I don't think North Carolina is anywhere as good as they were last year. They had some magic. Chiswick, you know, he does that early on. So I like uh, Pitt there as well. So recap, Browns plus 10, Bills plus 5, Penn State plus 20, Kentucky minus 2.5, and, and Pitt plus 7. That is both of our vaults. It's time. Got to get some redemption. Bring it in. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week. Boomer, we'll start with you. You've been on a little bit of a hot streak with your locks. Who are you bringing in this week for us? I like John Demon Deacon Walford to just air it out all day on Saturday against Indiana. Wake Forest plus six and a half. Probably going to go to seven. If not, maybe no. That, that tingly feeling that we've been talking about so much, I don't know if anybody's had a chance to uh, feel the, the exact sensation taste like five gum, kind of, right there in the coin purse. Get that money line on Wake Forest. Ooh, money line Wake Forest, five gum. Does that stuff even exist anymore? Who knows? My lock of the week, Stone Cold Steve Austin style, that is, is Buffalo plus 14 against Army. Army won as a road favorite for the first time in like 20 years last week something crazy so what does vegas do to reward them for that they make them road favorites again this time by two touchdowns emotional win army's heading in the right direction i think they're uh they've got that program going where they should always good to see the service academies turn out well but i like buffalo plus 14 at home uh, they'll keep it within the number. Don't know if they'll win. They could, but uh, 14 is just too much for Army to cover right now. Maybe in a, a year or two they could get there, but I like Buffalo plus 14. Solid pick. Yeah, so that sums it up for us this week. Uh, a lot of good winners for me and Boomer. A lot of great insight from my friend Tommy Lorenzo at the Vegas Parlay and, of course, Spencer Hall from Every Day Should Be Saturday and SB Nation. Uh, y'all go check out their work on Twitter and all over the rest of the Internet. Uh, and be sure to follow us on Twitter as well, uh, at Deep Fried Bats. Follow us on Instagram. We're posting winners there, Facebook, and all that. And I got a special contest to announce right now. So I don't know if you saw, but we had some sweet-ass Deep Fried Bats shirts we had made. We're going to have another run of those made, so don't worry. If you're interested, let me know. But we've got one more. I've... Uh, I over-ordered, apparently, or maybe my buddy Jacob hooked me up with one extra large. 
not extra large, an extra sized large. So we have <laughs> one large T-shirt left. We're giving it away. I will mail it to your house, to your place of business, wherever you would like. I will get you the shirt. All this you is got- good American-made stuff too. This isn't that out uh, Taiwan bullshit. No, this is uh, this is Jacob Hollingsworth uh, branded stuff. This is good stuff. I mean, uh, solid shirt, comfort colors, pocket tee, everything you would want a t-shirt to be. I'm giving out this shirt. All you got to do is shout us out some way or the other. You can uh, give us a Facebook, Twitter shout out, uh, retweet the podcast link, uh, tell us we suck. Well, don't tell us we suck. You know, you got to give us some positive vibes here. Tell your friends about us some way. Retweet, you know, give us a shout out, tell your friends to follow. That kind of thing will get you an entry. Um, Every time you do something like that, it'll get you an entry. And I will do a randomized type deal before kickoff on Saturday's games and let everyone know who wins the last deep fried bet shirt, make gambling great again from the first run. Again, it's a size large. So, you know, if you're a really big dude like myself, maybe don't enter the contest or maybe do. Maybe you want to frame the shirt, put it up on your wall. Maybe you maybe want to give it to the wife, girlfriend, mistress, lover. Absolutely. So one size large shirt up for grabs shout us out in some kind of positive way or retweet something pretty easy stuff uh do some do your best and uh, hopefully you can win a shirt so that's all i got this weekend everyone what you got to take us into the weekend oh baby just uh keep on keeping on out there spend that money make that money stay wealthy my friends stay wealthy my friends let's make gambling great again and for god's sake let's have a better weekend than last weekend all right folks thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week